0: Hey, for the last couple of months, we've been walking through the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, I'd love to have you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we are walking through chapter 5. There's really these three words of what we're looking at in this teaching series. is sit, walk, and stand. The first few chapters, we're looking at our identity in Christ, that we're, that we're seated in Him, and we know who we are in Him, and that's our identity. We're in the process of slow walking chapters 4. In five, and today we'll be looking at this idea of what it means to walk in gratitude. Then in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, which is going to be in November, we'll be looking at the spiritual battle that I know that we're all aware of, but it's real. And the fact are that we can stand against the evil in this world because of who we are in Christ. We read the end of the book and Jesus wins. Amen, church. That's what it's all about. So this idea today is walking with Gratitude. I need you to know that we are one month away from Thanksgiving. And so if you're not thankful, if you're not looking forward to having your house full of people and cooking all those meals, uh, if you're not looking forward, if you're finding yourself because of the situations and circumstances of life, you don't feel real thankful. I'll tell you what, in about 22 minutes from now, you'll be even more thankful that you're here. You'll be prepared for a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hey, with that being said, let me go ahead and just jump right into our text for today. Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 to 20 uh, reading uh, out of the NIV today. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Is that a true statement, everyone? Right. We're living in crazy times. We need to live in such a way that wisdom, that the wisdom of God would be seen in everything that we say and that we do. Therefore, do not be foolish, But understand what the Lord's will is. We're going to talk about that today. What the what the will of God is. If you ever wondered, that's probably the biggest question that people ask me as a pastor. What is God's will for my life? We're going to look at that today. God's will is and it goes on to talk about don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Uh, Some of you are like, well, that's great. Let's talk about that. Well, not so much today because it's more of a metaphor. I'm going to explain that. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Now, next verse. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And then finally, verse 20. And this is what I want us to all say out loud together. Church, let's read it out together. Ready? Here we go. Always giving thanks to God, the father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Let's just praise so Lord God for the next couple of moments. Would would your spirit fill this place? Would, would you in our hearts, maybe we're struggling to be appreciative, being thankful, being grateful for what's going on, situations and circumstances. Would you give us the mind of Christ? Would you remind us that we are seated under you, that our identity is in you, that we are accepted, significant, and we are secure in Christ and Christ alone. That we don't need to be afraid of this world that we're living in because, Jesus, you are with us. And if you're with us and for us, who could ever be against us? It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So this idea of walking with gratitude, it's a metaphor and a metaphor we talked about last week was this idea of light and darkness. Well, this idea of of living in the spirit, being full of the spirit, our our focus is on this verse right here, verse 20. And here it is. It's always giving thanks to God The father for everything. That's a huge statement. And that's something that I want to unpack here for the next couple of moments. But this idea of walking with gratitude, it's only going to be possible if you would. If you if you miss out on anything that I'm going to say, lean in and listen to this right here. We're never going to be able to walk with gratitude unless we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We cannot give what we do not have. So if there's a part of your life and in my life that we're struggling right now to be appreciative of, to be thankful for, it's because probably we've forgotten just how good God is. Maybe we've forgotten just how gracious he's been to us. And it's going to be the overflow of a life in the spirit where we'll be able to then walk with Gratitude. So our focus is going to be right here in verse 20. And I've got three observations that I want to make about gratitude. If you're taking notes, if you would, write down observation number one. And that gratitude starts with an attitude. Would you write it down? That attitude of gratitude. Now I know it rhymes and I know that's kind of cute. It's like, hey, pastor, that's nice. Attitude, gratitude. I like where that goes. But I want to remind you that our attitude we have control over. Our attitude is a choice. Have you ever had a kid and you're like, you got a bad attitude, right? You need to change your attitude. And by saying you need to change your attitude, you're acknowledging the fact that an attitude is a choice, which leads to action. So when we choose to change it, our actions are then going to be different because of our choice. And so when we think about being grateful, the opposite of being grateful would be being what, everyone? Ungrateful. And and so if we're thinking about through the eyes of gratitude and generosity, the opposite of gratitude and generosity might be greed and being unthankful. And, and and here's my here's my premise that if we're going to be overflowing with gratitude as a as a expression of our faith, the opposite of faith is fear. And so if we're not being if we're being fearful, it means that we're probably not being thankful And it means that we're probably not being generous, but rather we're being greedy. See, generosity is actually an expression of our faith. And when we're looking at what it means to walk lives of gratitude, it means that we're choosing to walk by faith. Listen closely to what I'm going to say. We cannot walk both by faith and fear at the same time. We must choose one or the other. And I need to ask you a question. Would you tend to be more of a faithful person, a faith filled person, or if you're being honest, you struggle with fear. You struggle with looking at the way things may not go well. Do you tend to be a half full or a half empty person? Do you tend to be a person that looks at it as an opportunity or do you look at it as a threat? You see, a lot of how we view life, Jesus would tell these stories, these Parables, And on your notes, um, there are three examples. And I'm not going to go deep into these. But I wanted to kind of set the framework for what we're talking about of how we can walk lives of gratitude. And a lot of it is going to be from which why we're even here in the first place. See, there's a scripture that comes to my mind out of John. And it says that I must decrease so that he can what? increase. And so when we look at the purpose of life, a lot of times we're, if we're selfish, if we're self-focused, we're going to look at it about it all about me. But as we become more Jesus in our, our focus and our attention, it becomes more about If you would in your Bibles, I'd love to have you turn with me to Luke chapter 12. So go ahead and keep your finger there in Ephesians five. But in Luke chapter 12, I want to go very quickly through these three parables. And I just want to make a couple of quick observations. You see, the first one is this idea of a parable of a rich Fool, a rich fool. And I know my mama told me never to call anybody a fool, but Jesus calls a person a fool here. So I guess it's OK. Right. So it says here in 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 Luke chapter 12, verse 13, that someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brothers to divide their inheritance. So they're talking about money. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge arbiter between two of you? And then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Jesus talks about greed. Life does not consist of the abundance of our possessions. And then he told them this parable. As a reminder, a parable is a story with a spiritual point. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build even bigger barns where I can store even my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life. Be easy. Eat, drink and be merry. So listen to what Jesus says in verse um, 20. But, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards the things of God. So it's a hard story. It's a hard truth. You may be wondering to yourself, Brent, why are you talking about it? Well, because it has everything to do with are we going to be fearful or are we going to be faithful? The next the next passage, Jesus is going to talk about worry. And the idea is, is like, why do we worry about what we will eat or drink, what we'll wear? That's like part of the Beatitudes of teaching. And so we're looking at the purpose of life is the purpose of life to get more, to, to, to get more stuff, to build bigger barns. And what Jesus says is that is foolish. That a foolish person is going to be looking at a a fear based I just need to hold on to it. Whereas a faithful person is going to say, no, it's not about me. It's about He, And I'm called to be a conduit of generosity for other people. Uh, Another interesting story comes in Luke chapter 18, verse nine. So if you would just flip a couple of chapters uh, to the right in your scriptures here, by the way, I love it when I'm hearing your your um, the the pages flipping in your Bible. It's a really, really cool sound as a pastor. Um. And the the, uh, subheading here says the parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. So basically, um, it's about a real prideful person and a really humble person. And I'll let you decide which one is a faithful person and which one's a fearful person. But I'm going to say a fearful person can be prideful. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down at everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I love this. Two men went up to the temple to pray. Or let's just say this, two people came to Bethany to go to worship. One a Pharisee, the other tax collector. So a Pharisee would have been a religious person. A tax collector would have been deemed as a socially sinful person. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I'm so thankful I'm not like these other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Listen to what Jesus says. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves, what everyone will be exalted. And so uh so what's going on here? Well, we have a story of a self righteous person. The self righteous person is viewing themselves as better than others. You have another snapshot of a person who views himself humbly and it's like, Oh my goodness, I by the grace of God, I I I'm I'm so thankful, God. Would you have mercy on me? And so when we're looking at this idea of walking a life of gratitude, a lot of times it has to do with reminding ourselves who are we and how much we are appreciative for who God is and what he's done in our life. This before we go on to the third one, as a reminder, it's about what God has done for us and as a result of then what we can do for him and for others. But a lot of times what happens is we just kind of hold on to it to ourselves. And we position that towards other people and we start comparing ourselves to others. And if we're not careful, pridefully, fearfully looking down at others. One last one on your on your notes here. and I'm going to kind of tie it all up together here. It's this idea of being thankful, but it's an odd one. So if you would turn to Luke chapter 17, verse 11, there's this really odd story about a group of people who had a skin disease called leprosy. Not really a part of our culture today, but there are some diseases that are culturally um, Unsavory. So put that in your mind. Think about that. On their way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. They called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. Don't miss that. Jesus healed these sick people miraculously. But that's not the point. The point is this. One of them, how many of them? One of them went back and saw that he had healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was also a Samaritan, by the way. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except the foreigner? And then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. See, we're looking at a topic of faith today. The faith of a willingness for us to be willing to walk by faith, not fear. An abundance mentality. A reminder of that we were once lost and that Christ found us. That we were once sick and that he healed us. We once had nothing and that in Christ we were given grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. And if we go through life and we're always looking at what we don't have or what else someone else has or what they should be doing or what I, you know, what what is owed to me, what's going to happen is, is we're not going to live lives of unity, but rather division. We're talking about in the section of chapter five that I believe this church in this time was struggling and we can struggle today if we take our eyes off the prize. You see, our attitude is a choice and how we choose to view ourselves, to view God and to view others is going to um, is going to radically impact whether we're going to be a united church. And we have a choice before I go on to the next point here. And the choice is, is we can either be consumed by worry or we can choose to worship. We have a choice of whether or not we want to be fearful or if we want to be people of faith, if we want to have a scarcity mentality or an abundance perspective, or if we're going to be gripped by pride or we'll allow ourselves to be known as humble followers of Jesus. It's a choice. And this choice is going to determine the impact that we're going to have as a church in our community, in the world. So here's your homework. Your homework is simply this, is I want you to be very intentional this week about being thankful, about pointing out things that you appreciate about other people. Maybe it'll be a a written note. Maybe it'll be a text message, an email, a phone call. But be very, very intentional about seeing people doing great things and celebrating that and saying, you know what? You're making a difference, and thank you so much for the difference that you're making in my life. The second thing that I want to talk about um, on this whole topic is this idea of perspective. See, attitude um, is a choice of gratitude, but then it's a perspective. And I just want to give you a heads up that what I'm going to share with you next, some of you guys aren't going to like it, and that's okay. We're almost done. Okay? So perspective, (laughs) really, it is a mindset. It's a lens from which we choose to view life. It's a paradigm. It's a perspective. It's a mindset. And for many of us, and I'm going to say something, and I wrote it down, and I just want you to think about this. And that is that our current perspective is informed by our past experiences that will impact our future decisions. Let me say that one more time. That our current perspective is informed by our past experiences, positive or negative, which will impact our future decisions. Let me let me kind of flush it out like this. If you're taking notes, write this down. That we need to be willing to have an attitude of gratitude, a perspective of gratitude with our past blessings. Would you write that down? With our past blessings, where we, we go into our life, we look back and we're reminded of how good God has been. You know, sometimes I've heard people say, you know what, I'm just lucky. Friends, I need you to know luck has nothing to do with it. God and His goodness has everything to do with it. James chapter 1 verse 17 says these words that every good and perfect gift comes from what everyone? Above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so this is what I want you to do. Not only do I want you to to catch other people doing things and celebrate them and be thankful for them. But I want you, if you have not yet done this, I want you to be thinking about something every day between now and Thanksgiving where you can be thankful for. Opportunities where you can see in the past where God has been good and you can write it down. Maybe it's a thankful journal where you're just going to say, God, thank you so much that you've provided, you've given me health, you've given me protection, you've given me provision, you've given me shelter. You are so good. God, thank you so much. Because if we're not careful, we'll take it for granted. We'll start having this entitlement mentality and we'll become grumpy Christians. And nobody wants to hang out with a grumpy Christian. Amen. All right. Number two, it's this idea that you're not going to like, but it's praising God and it's choosing to do it in our present difficulties. In the midst of the storm, it's a willingness to view it as an opportunity to give thanks for God. That's exactly what Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica when he says these words, give thanks in some of your circumstances. No, I'm sorry. I need to reread that. Give thanks in a few of your circumstances. No, I'm sorry. I need help. Church ready. Give thanks in what all your circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I went ahead and I did a Greek study of the word all and I discovered that all means all all the time. That's what I discovered. And so that means all of the circumstances that you're finding yourself in right now, from happy to crappy, God is good. It means that God is good in the midst of situations and circumstances. There's a gal by the name of Joni Erickson-Tata. Have you guys heard of her before? Um, paralyzed as a young, at, at, at a young age. And she, she had so much in life where she could have been frustrated about. She could have been disappointed in. And somebody asked, why are you such a joyful person? And this is what Joni said. She says, giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful. It's a matter of obedience. And I just thought to myself, we need to be thankful. We need to look at how good God has been in and through our life. I had a friend of mine used to say that I need to thank God when I don't feel thankful. I need to keep on thanking him to do feel, I do feel thankful and then I need to keep on thanking him after that. See, a lot of times I've discovered that when we are frustrated, when we're disappointed, when we're discouraged, thankfulness and an attitude of gratitude will change not only ourselves, not only the condition of our heart and our soul, but those people around us. Friends, we talk about the will of God. Listen closely. This is the will of God for you to be thankful. In how many circumstances? All. And then here's the fun one. We then thank Him for our future challenges. Would you write that down? Future challenges. You're like, I don't like that. Cause you're, you're, you're making it sound like I'm going to have some challenges in the future and I don't want challenges in the future. I just want, I just want easy travels. I just want smooth sailing. But what I know is simply this. You're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm or the perfect storm. What is right around the corner. And so in the midst of any future challenges, we have an opportunity and a responsibility to say that my faith is not based on my feelings. My faith is based on who I am in Christ. My identity in him that I'm accepted, secure and significant. And as I walk in unity, I'm going to walk with gratitude. I love this passage in Romans chapter eight, verse twenty eight. You need to write this down on your notes. And we know that in some of the things we know that in a few of the things. I'm sorry. Once again, I'm struggling here. Church, help me here. What? And we know that in. All things, God works together for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What is the purpose of God? What is the will of God for your life? Friends, listen closely. It is for you to be thankful. It is for you to be grateful. It's for you to be generous in all situations, in all circumstances, that you would know that God is good all of the time. It's one thing to thank God for lunch. It's another thing to thank God in the midst of the storm. God, thank you in the midst of this. And there are some situations in your life where you're looking at it and it doesn't look good and it doesn't look promising. And victory doesn't look like it's guaranteed. But in the midst of the storm, I want to remind you that God is good all the time. And if it is not good, God is not done. I'll say it again and you can say amen. And if it is not good, God is not done. That is something that we can hold to. So number one, an attitude of gratitude. Number two, a perspective of gratitude. And number three, wrapping it all together, a spirit of gratitude. That's where this whole idea of an overflow, speaking to one another, being filled with the spirit. This is how we live our lives, church. So what does it look like? Well, let me tell you what it doesn't look like. A spirit of gratitude is this, is that God is good even when evil seems to be winning. You might be in a situation, in a circumstance right now, and it looks really uncertain. It looks really sketchy. It looks really like uncertain about the outcome. I want you to know in the midst of it, even when life doesn't seem good, God is good. And he can work all things together for his good. Friends, cancer is not good, but God is good. Um, a divorce is not good, but God is good. Um, the hurt that you experience in life is not good, but God is good. How's it possible? Number two, I wrote it down on your notes. It's simply this. It's that our focus is, is on our Savior, not on our situation. See, in the midst of the storm, close to Jesus is where we want to be. And we all have situations and circumstances that have our attention. And in the midst of it, I just want you to know that God is doing something bigger than you even realize. I'm going to ask the band to make their way up onto the stage and we're going to close in one of my favorite songs. But the only way it's going to be possible for us to have this attitude is by what I'm highlighting on this last Bible verse. And this is what I want you to meditate on this week is that we're always giving thanks to God, the father for everything. Always in everything, all situations and all circumstances. How is it possible that we're going to be able to have this kind of attitude, this kind of perspective, this kind of spirit? It's going to be this. It's going to be because of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it is the name of Jesus that makes it possible. It's his life. It's his teachings. It's his death. It's his resurrection. It's the church. It's the Holy Spirit. It's what we're doing right now. It's gathering together. All things are possible in all situations and all circumstances, not because you're good enough, not because life is easy, but because God is good all the time, all the time. God's good. Let's stand. So, Lord God, as we now worship you, we pray that you would allow our faith to rise. God, that we would make much of you in our situations, in our circumstances, in the storms of life. Right now, what we do is we sing this final song. We're giving it over to you. We're lifting our hands in surrender. We're trusting the God. You are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That we praise you in the storm. We praise you on the mountaintop. We praise you in the valley. God, we're so thankful that we can have an attitude of gratitude. We can choose in the midst of whatever we're going through to trust you, God, that you are going to meet us where we are. You're going to take us from where we've been to where we're going to go. God, we're thankful for the hope that we have of heaven. We're thankful for the forgiveness of our sins. God, we're thankful for what you're doing in and through our life. And so now as we worship you, this is our gratitude. This is our this is our gift to you. And this is this is our weapon against the warfare of this world, God, that if you are with us, if you are for us, who or what could ever be against us? We love you, God, so much. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and all God's children said, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.